Hi, and welcome back to Dwight Explains the Bible. Um, this is episode, I don't know. Um, but today we're going to be talking about um, some of the horrible messages that come from the Bible. So, when somebody asks me what's wrong with the Bible, or what's wrong with the message, or anything like that, I give them my standard spiel. God is a baby killer who asks his followers to kill babies, he approves of slavery, and he orders his people to rape little girls. He's sadistic and narcissistic, and he's a bloodthirsty monster. Now, let's go through that a little bit more closely. Let's start with God is a baby killer. I know some of you might be thinking, what? God's not a baby killer. So let's look at the Bible. So the first story where God kills babies is the flood. God killed everybody. Everybody except Noah and his small group of people. Everybody was killed, including the babies. Whenever I mention this to a Christian, they say that all the babies go to heaven. Well, let's look at the Bible. The Bible says God saw all their hearts and they were evil. So all of their hearts would include the babies. So the babies went to hell. So regardless of whether or not the Bible was talking about babies being evil, and if it did, I mean, how do you say a baby is evil? A baby is nothing but a blank canvas for society to fuck up. A baby does nothing. If you set a baby on the ground, what does it do? Absolutely nothing but maybe wiggle and cry. So babies cannot be evil. And Christians say, it's okay to kill babies because he went to heaven. I say it is never okay to kill babies. A living, breathing, human, human baby should never be killed. And I stand by my words. I know that that's such an extreme position, but I don't think you should kill any living, breathing human being like that. Then we move to Sodom and Gomorrah, where God sent a messenger for Lot and his family to escape the city, and then he torched the city behind them. So again, all these pregnant mothers and little tiny babies burned to death. So there's another time where God killed babies. Then we have the plagues of Egypt. What was plague number 10? Killing the firstborns. So God killed babies again. The next part of my statement, God orders his people to kill babies. If we start off in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3, says, Kill them all, spare no one, kill the men, the women, the children, the infants, and suckling, kill the cattle, the sheep, the oxen. He wanted every form of life wiped off the face of that earth. Again, Christians will come up with reasons why it was justified and it's okay, but I still say it's never okay to kill a baby. And that story specifically, okay, 
you wanted to wipe out the the human existence of the village of the Amalekites who God's people were attacking. You want to wipe them out. But you're going to kill a cattle too? You can use the cattle. You can eat the cattle. When they were told to destroy the cattle, they weren't supposed to be eating from it. It was like evil animals, you know? Like, that just that doesn't make sense. Just kill everything. And this is all God's creation, right? And then moving on to the book of Numbers in the Bible, in chapter 31, it says, Kill them all, talking about the Midianites. Kill them all, but save the virgin daughters for yourselves. Save the women who have not known a man for yourselves. They are the spoils of war. And this is the good part. So God orders his people to kill everyone. And then God says, save the virgin daughters for yourselves. They are the spoils of war. So if you support God, if you call God good, you're supporting this. And according to the Bible and according to the dictionary, Christians are pedophiles. If you think it's good, okay, or righteous to kill or to rape a little girl, you're a fucking pedophile. And I don't care if this was a different time. This is an order coming from God who is the same today as he is tomorrow. In God's absolute morality, he says to rape little girls. If you support a God who says rape little girls, you're supporting raping little girls and you're a goddamn pedophile. There are numerous other spots in the Bible where it talks about kill your kid if this or kill them and, you know, like... One of the Psalms is, happy is he who dashes the kids against the rocks. Talking about killing kids by slamming them into rocks. So based on what I've already said, does it sound like God is pro-life? Does it sound like he cares about human life? In all of the examples I gave, these were all genocides or infanticides. Because the people either stopped worshiping God or just never worshiped him to begin with. The, in the flood, they said uh, they saw their hearts and they were evil. Well, what made them evil was that they stopped worshiping God. God isn't pro-life. He's pro-worship. You either worship him or you die. So moving on to the next part of the statement, God approves of slavery. Now, there are a couple verses in there that make the slavery sound like indentured servitude, the real, you know, friendly, I'm just looking for some money, it's like working a job. But there's two sets of rules or laws in the Bible. One of them are for your fellow Israelites or your own people. So you're going to treat your own people nicely. Those are the verses that you'll hear Christians regurgitate when they talk about indentured servitude. But the ones they're missing are when you buy your slaves from the heathens around you. So from the people who aren't your people, the rules are vastly different. 
you can beat your slaves as long as they survive by the end of the second day. So as long as basically they don't, uh, they don't die and they're able to get back to work by the end of the second day, you haven't beat them too severely. And let me tell you this. I was an ex-cage fighter, or I am an ex-cage fighter. I've taken my share of whoopings in the cage. Every time that bell rang, I got right up on my feet. I'm better. So imagine the amount of ass whooping required where it takes somebody two days to recover. If you watch UFC, even in some of the worst of the worst fights, the guys walk out at the end of the fight. If you buy a slave, you can pass him down to your child as an inheritance because they are your property, according to the Bible. They are your silver, your money. You've paid for them. They belong to you. You can also, for your Israelite slaves, you can give them a wife. You can have a female slave and give that to your male slave to give him a wife. They can have kids, have a happy family. And then when the Israelites' term of indentured servitude is up, the male slave can go free, but the wife and children are property of the slave owner. So the husband either has to stay with his wife and be a slave forever or walk out on his family. That's the system that God set up for his people under indentured servitude. When you get a female slave, she should not go out as the men do. She should stay in and please her master. You can buy female slaves for yourself or for your son. And it doesn't say it, but it's implied you can buy them for your male slave, so you give them a wife. We've already covered the part where God orders his people to rape little girls from Numbers 31, being the spoils of war. Um, so we know Christians are pedophiles. Um, see, God is a narcissist. He created everyone just to worship him. That's your only purpose on this earth is to find God and worship him and glorify him. Jesus says in the New Testament, when we go to heaven, we're going to be just like the angels. <clears throat> the angels that we know about in heaven stand around all day just singing glory to God. All God cares about is you worshiping him. That's a narcissist. He's sadistic. He makes people knowing they're going to hell. This is a frequent conversation that I have with Christians all the time. Why would a loving God make hell? And they say it's to punish Satan and the demons. But then people will go to hell, right? And God knows the end in the beginning, right? So God knows before he made hell that he's sending humans there. So when he made it, 
he made it for everybody, not just Satan and the demons. If God is all-knowing, then he knows that when he makes hell and he makes humans, that humans will go to hell. They'll try to chalk this up to free will, but what is free will if God already knows the end and knows you're going to hell? Why would a loving God create evil? Isaiah 45, 7. I'm the Lord your God. I create light and dark. I create peace and evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So God makes evil, and then he blames us for evil for his creation. He makes us susceptible to evil and then blames us for it. How does that make sense? God made the angels, and an angel fell. That's Lucifer. Um, and then he made man. Man fell. So God is a bad designer. But he still blames us, and he punishes us severely for it. God is narcissistic, and he's sadistic. Let's double back to the very beginning. He creates Adam and Eve. He creates the forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil. He creates the serpent. He puts all of them in the garden together. He designed man. He knows how man is going to think, and he tempts him anyway. And then God gets to say, oh, well, you messed up. I guess I'll have to burn you forever. And the last thing in my statement was that God is a bloodthirsty monster. Everything with God has to do with blood. You have to sacrifice a goat or a lamb every time you mess up. He sent his son to shed blood for the sacrifice. Jesus initiated the ritual of drinking his blood. Everything with God is blood, blood, blood. But oh yeah, God is a God of love. If anyone read the Bible from cover to cover in the way that any book is supposed to be read, they would come to the conclusion that God is also a narcissistic, sadistic, sorry sack of crap. But if you go to church first, they give you the false narrative that God loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus is your savior. Savior from what? From what he's going to do to you if you don't worship him? On the next episode, we'll talk about the 10 plagues of Egypt. So just to give you a quick uh, preview, one of the plagues was total darkness for a couple of days. The plagues are actually attacks on the other gods. The Egyptians' best god or top god was Ra. He's the sun god. So this plague was designed specifically to slap Ra in the face, to say that the Israelite God is better than the Egyptian gods. So the next episode, I go over all the plagues, how they were designed, what gods they were covered, and some more horrible Christian theology. Thanks for listening.